Hi, and welcome to Where's Her Oscar, the podcast where we dive into the filmographies of actresses that haven't won an Academy Award and see how close they came to winning one. I'm your host, V. I'm here with my co-hosts, Millie. Hello. And Lily. Hello. And today we are talking, this is our second part of our Mulholland Drive episode, so the first part about the actual movie itself will have come out before this, so maybe you should listen to that before you listen to this if you haven't already. And joining us to talk about Mulholland Drive's Oscar race, the Mulholland Drive Oscar race, the 2001 Oscar race, is Sophia. Welcome, Sophia. Hello. Yay. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Woo. Um, Sophia, so every time we have a guest on, we put them um, in the hot seat <laughs> and ask them about their history with the actress that we're talking about. Um, and obviously... Uh, Naomi Watts is a is a favorite among our Twitter circle. So would you like to just tell us about your history with Naomi Watts? Where did you first see her? Where did you first recognize her? You know, just just your general thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I don't even remember the first thing I saw her in. It was probably something years ago, and I didn't, like, register that it was actually her. But, I mean, wasn't she in, like, Babe 2 or something? Babe Pig in the City? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was she? I don't know. I, I, she was. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm not making that up. <laughs> but I think the first thing of hers I actively, like, sought out, because I was like, oh, this is Naomi Watts, might have been Mulholland Drive. Um, I, I want to say it was, but, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of since then always liked her. I saw Mulholland Drive for the first time in 2019, it was the first Criterion I ever bought, and oh, I had not I had not seen the movie before, so I was in for a, I was in for a bit of a treat. N- <laughs> needless to say, when I watched it, <laughs> but Fine. yeah, so I think yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit of a felt like a movie culture shock. But since then, I've kind of just I don't know. I've never watched her, like a lot of times I'll just randomly pick out an actor or actress and just watch everything in their filmography or as much as I can find. I've never really done that with Naomi Watts, but it doesn't really change the fact that I've always just kind of liked her. I just, I just think she's funny. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So real. We briefly did talk about this um, in our intro episode, but Naomi Watts just seems like a fun person who's like fun to be around. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. She could be one of us. She could come on the podcast. <laughs> Every episode, I'm just going to say that Naomi Watts should come on the podcast and see if we can manifest it into happening. I think she'd be a great guest star. I, no, honestly, I think she, uh, you know, maybe this is just really out there, but I think she'd have great insight into her own career. Um, <laughs> so you blind bought Mulholland Drive. <laughs> I, well, I'm kind of notorious for doing that. I normally blind buy most of the criterions that I get, which is oh not a good God. habit and I need to stop. But also, like, I don't know, I blind bought, um, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing this right, so please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Salo or the 120 Days of Sodom, I blind bought oh that God. and watched <laughs> oh. it for the first time like a couple days after Christmas and it was kind of a mess. But I don't know. Oh it's God. one of those ones I'm weirdly glad to own. <laughs> Merry but, Christmas. Yeah. So the first, the first two, yeah, literally Merry <laughs> Christmas to me. The first two were Mulholland Drive and then Last Temptation of Christ. Two of which wow. I, t- I, t- I told my mom that I bought them, and she just the first thing she said was, "Ugh, why?" 
So <laughs> I think that I think that encapsulates just a lot of my personality. <laughs> wow, you were you I were mean, very bright. very ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just gotta rough it out. I don't know. Yeah, I bite mean, the bullet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I really love Mulholland Drive. The first time I watched it, I was just like blown away. I've actually only seen it once. Um, the first time I watched it was December 2019. I haven't, I have not revisited it since then. But it's one of those movies that I weirdly feel like you watch it for the first time, and every little bit of it, regardless of if you understand it or not, just sticks with you. So it's one of those. It's I feel like it's one of those movies. I don't even know if I'm making sense, but like I wake up at 3 a.m. in a cold sweat, and I'm like what happened during that part of Mulholland Drive? Just like, like, just like any given scene will just randomly pop up in my head. And I'm just like, wow, that, that is filmmaking right there. Thank you, David Lynch. Yeah. No, I no, totally yeah. I feel it. like it's definitely the type of movie where it's like, it's like the time you spend watching that movie, right? It's like, fine, the two hours. But mm-hmm. then you spend like an additional at least 30 hours thinking about it. Yep. 100%. So in a way you've like seen it more than once just by... The sheer amount of yeah. mind space it takes. The ra- all those I, YouTube videos, like ending of Mulholland Drive, explained. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I can say as someone who has seen it um, eleven times, that every time you watch it, um, oh my god, that experience does not fade. <laughs> I can attest. Oh my god, <laughs> eleven times! That is crazy. So. Okay, do you whoa, think whoa, whoa, whoa. was this your first viewing of the movie the best? Wait, <laughs> no, there's space? there is no judgment here. I I just um, normally I don't really rewatch movies very often, so it's interesting no, I don't to hear. It, like, yeah, that's just like it's cool to me more than anything. But okay, like I'm not like yeah. a rewatcher of like a lot of movies, but there's a few that I rewatch a lot, and I think that my okay, the first time I watched it, well, I watched it twice. In, like, one day. So I watched it, like, once, and then I watched it again. And I feel like, um, I don't know, those two were, like, the best viewings for me. Because it was, like, the first initial, like, what the fuck is going on? And then the second one, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. This is the best movie I've ever seen. It all, so. it all finally starts to click for you. I feel like that's, that's why I always think the second viewing's the best. Because it mm. allows you to kind of... I mean, not to say to ditch the narrative, but it kind of allows you to really get in there and kind of understand and interpret your own meanings from it. Because I feel like the first time you're just there for the ride. The second time you can Mm -hmm. kind of be an active participant and figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. I also like watched it on an iPad at three in the morning the first time. So like that was just (laughs) a very unique experience in and of itself. (laughs) Like, um. But I totally agree. Yeah, the second viewing, especially of David Lynch's work, I think, like, you get mm-hmm. so much more out of it once you sort of know where the narrative is going, just, like, on a basic level. Totally agree. Yeah, now now I want to rewatch it. I was considering rewatching it, and then I realized that I don't have my criterion with me. I'm not living at home, so, like, mm-hmm. a lot of my discs are there. I was like, damn it, the one that I forgot was yeah. the one that I'm doing a pot. I'm guest starring on a podcast about. I did just quickly want to mention um, the whole conversation about uh, you watch it the second time and it suddenly makes a lot more sense because you know where it's going. That's how we feel about Duh 2002. Um, Okay. okay, Which is a movie that's like Mulholland Drive. (laughs) 
We're not. Um, that's actually just like Mulholland Drive, if you think about it. Oh my god. We're not even 10 minutes in. It, it hasn't even been 10 minutes. <laughs> just some food for thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you're not wrong. You know, V, it's actually kind of funny. I recommended that to somebody in one of my film classes. And I tried to, like, explain the plot to them, and I just did not know how to do it. And I I think ever since that conversation I had, which was so horribly awkward, it has made me want to revisit it. Because I just, like, I just want to figure it out. I want to figure it out, and I can't for the life of me. I mean, I have my theory. Maybe I'll make the eight-hour Duh 2002 Explained video. Um, Maybe that will be my new project. But um, I think it's a great movie to rewatch, because it, like, unlike Mulholland Drive, I feel like you can't remember everything that happens in that movie because it's so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Truly. you watch it the second time and you're like, I don't remember this happening. Like, yeah. Interesting. I mean, One of the conversations I distinctly ha- remember having with Lily is like, I, I DM'd her and I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I still can't figure out what this scene means. Right. Like everything else I can sort of contextualize, but this scene I specifically do not remember or can, I can't figure out what it means. And Lily goes, what scene are you talking about? I, I mean, the scene I was talking about is like the scene where she does heroin in the train car. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. said to Lily, I can't figure out why she was doing heroin in the train car. And Lily goes, And I said, They did what heroin. heroin scene are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. N- yeah I, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even remember that. <laughs> see? 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 So, um, anyway, best movie ever made. But we're not here mm. to talk about that gay surreal movie we're here to talk about the other gay surreal movie um <laughs> by uh mr david lynch himself um, legend employed yeah. king. we i feel like we talked about this i'm not sure um lily actually maybe i like i dreamed this conversation or <laughs> i'm not sure if we have actually had this conversation but did we talk uh-huh. about how this is like david lynch's last um it's it's weird to call this like a populist movie because it's not really but um his last sort of accessible movie Yes, right, his last movie that. that's like, we did talk about that, right? Like his last yeah. movie to like really play by some sort of, um, I don't know, by some sort of Hollywood rules. Because everything else after this either becomes, because after this it's uh, Twin Peaks: The Return and Inland Empire, right? And then the mm-hmm. short he did for Netflix, and those are all like very much passion projects. Not that Mulholland Drive isn't a passion project, but it's less, less. Let's all. Let's get all my favorite people in a room together and see what happens, you know? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Any thoughts on although, that? Although, Inland Empire is getting a Wii release, so you never know. Could reach a wider audience this time. Oh, it is? Yes, the Wii Master. Oh, so. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. I've never mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. seen it, so I haven't actually seen oh. that many Lynch movies, so. Oh. I'm not, it's not my strongest suit, but, you know, <laughs> oh, I know. It's, um, well, well, for people who don't know, I guess then, Inland Empire is, like, literally just three hours of Laura Dern losing her mind filmed on a camcorder over two years. So. Oh, nice. It's, like, no narrative just oh. vibes. Um, but, yeah, Sounds I mean, entertaining. I mean, people think that Mulholland Drive is David Lynch's magnum opus, like, his best movie. A lot of mm-hmm. people think that. So, I mean, I don't want to say he went out with a bang, but, like, I mean, he already did, <laughs> like, the best thing that anyone ever did. So, he can just yeah. do whatever he wants now. 
And it's weird because I feel like this is definitely like the David Lynch movie that has, I would say, the most cultural imprint. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like the only like yeah. other than Twin Peaks, which is a TV show for obvious reasons, and then um, Blue Velvet, then like maybe Blue Velvet, yeah, right. Um, but this is like the movie that I think that like sticks with people. Like everyone, when people say David Lynch, Mulholland Drive is one of the first movies that comes to mind, and it's interesting because I think, like obviously, he gets the Best Director nomination for this, but. David Lynch's Oscar, like his, 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 well, not his history specifically, but the history of his films with the Oscars is very strange because I think he Mm -hmm. is definitely is like an auteur. He's a prestigious director, but he's, it feels like he's never like really broken into that sphere in the way that a lot of directors like eventually get their due. Yeah. You know, I mean, like someone like, um, like Paul Thomas Anderson, right? I feel like for a while people were like, is he actually ever going to break into the Oscar? So then at some point it happened for him, right? And now that every time, now every time a Paul Thomas Anderson movie comes out, people are like, okay, that's probably slated for some Oscars. So whereas for Dave Lynch, we never really reached that point, mm-hmm. despite him making a good amount of movies. He only has yeah. an honorary Oscar, right? Didn't he get the honorary Oscar in 2019? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got yeah. what, three other director nominations? Yeah. Yeah. And even his gets, um his yeah. acting nominations. I mean his casts. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Like, that's what I meant. Not not David Lynch's acting nominations. <laughs> um, you never know. Um I mean I think that he always like you brought up like Paul Thomas Anderson, who was um a good example, but I feel like David Lynch always was just like a step too far for the Oscars most of the time. Like even if his movies mm-hmm. were undeniably good, which is, like, why he gets a director nomination or something like that, they're always, like, a little too... I don't want to say, like, weird, because that's, like, not a a good enough, like, all-encapsulating term, but for lack of a better one, they are just, like, too weird, I think, for the Oscars, because, like, I mean, something like The Master has some weird undertones, but it's not Blue Velvet or... Lost Highway, you know? Yeah. There's just, yeah. like, a level of <clears throat> distance, I think. And his most nominated film, I believe, is The Elephant Man, which is one of his only films he didn't write. Right. So, yeah. To me, I, I, I think can see him just... sort of being, like, your ghost Lanthimos in the future. Like, Ooh, when yeah. he doesn't write, people like it more because it's yeah. less weird. By people, I mean the Academy. Well, I was thinking about... um a person who I think has slightly more success with the Oscars, who operates in a similar, I don't know if brazen is the right word, but, you know, like, very in-your-face tone. And I was thinking, like, Darren Aronofsky, Mm. who's, like, aggressively um, off-putting, I would argue. I I would (laughs) agree with that. Yeah. And I'm, like, he... I guess he's less... I guess just less surreal than David Lynch. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like David Lynch is just more ambiguous. I mean, that's true. Like something like Black Swan. I mean, it definitely has a. They're just more 
I can't even find the words right now. They're just less ambiguous than I like something like Mahalan Drive is because I feel like Black Swan, regardless of the debate around it, like has a pretty clear path while something like Mahalan Drive kind of veers off into different places and you can really interpret things your own way where you can't really do that yeah. as much. You definitely can in Black Swan, but I think there's just a big difference with that. But yeah, wow. Yeah. And I think... That's also worth mentioning, like, the the time in which David Lynch was most prolific, which is, like, let's say, mm-hmm. like, late 80s to 2001, is, like, maybe if Mulholland Drive had come out now, it would get more nominations, but in the time that it came out, people were even less willing to, like, consider something that was surreal and even, like, a little bit horrifying, because his movies are a little scary at times. Um, mm-hmm. and not to mention the fact think... that it's literally gay in 2001, which. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, Lily, do you think that it would have, if Mulholland Drive comes out like today, do you think that it's going to get like Oscar nominations? And well, not, not Mulholland, Mulholland Drive coming out today with Naomi Watts as a star. I mean, like if they had someone completely unknown or fairly unknown in a movie like this today. I don't know if it would get Oscar nominations. I mean, look at mm. <laughs> look at our um, lineup right now. It's not looking too yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think, okay, like the whole debate about Naomi Watts getting a nomination, I don't know how that would stand. I think if they campaigned her really hard, she would definitely have buzz. I feel like she could get in in other places because like Naomi Watts doesn't get in anywhere that year. You know, she doesn't get yeah globes, critics, mm. nothing. So I think now she would definitely get in somewhere else and David Lynch would be in for director and he would probably get technical awards. You know, I think that maybe it would get cinematography or something like that. But um, I don't know. I think there's more of a chance that he would have won director. I don't think he had a chance of winning director in 2002. No, probably not. um, You know, after we've had people like, uh, you know, like Jordan Peele get nominated and then we have... Like, the past four or five Best Director winners are, like, a little more out there. So I think that that's where the change would be, for the most part. Yeah. Well, okay, let's also just quickly touch upon his, um, the acting nominations that he's gotten. Or, again, the acting nominations for his films that he's gotten. Because it's, does The Elephant Man have, um... Yeah, an acting I believe at least right. two. I believe I- Anne Bancroft and John Hurt both get in. I can double check that. Um, um, and then I I only see one. Okay, who who gets in then? Oscar. Uh, John Hurt. Okay, so not Anne Bancroft then. Okay, but just John no. Hurt. Um, yeah. You're Unless right. wait, let me look at. But and then that mean and then the only other, well. Uh, Diane Ladd gets in for Wild at Heart. Crazy nomination. So fun. Yeah. Can't believe that's real. <laughs> like, have you seen that movie, Sophia? I have not. I, once again, oh. I'm so behind on Lynch. And it's, I know, it's embarrassing. You can totally judge me for that. But, yeah, I it's, it's very high up on my list. I will um, say that, like, I think Mulholland Drive is, like, I think his best from all his movies. But I think... yeah. Wild at Heart is my favorite. Hmm. It is. Interesting. That's crazy. Putting that out there. Yeah. 
Um, and then also the lead actor, Richard Farnsworth, gets in for the straight story for Best Actor oh, right, in 2000. Right. I believe that's it. Oh, that um, one's interesting. Yeah, that's that's wildly interesting to me as well. Um, but, yeah, the Diane Ladd Wild at Heart yeah, nominee is genuinely deranged. I mean, she, like, is doing so much in that movie. It's like, I would never have expected it to get in. Her nails are doing so much in that movie. She covers herself oh, with God. lipstick yeah. and screams and cries, so. Right. <laughs> She's just like me. <laughs> yeah, so. Interesting little lineup. Is, yeah, it's, 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 um, I mean, the one for the straight story and the elephant man sort of makes sense because they were, I don't like saying they're the least Lynchian because whatever what does that mean but they're the least sort of like surreal ambiguous movies that he's done and those are the ones that get acting nominations but then wild at heart is the wild card haha ha. um <laughs> i don't know it's surprising to me somewhat that mulholland drive doesn't get it because it is more accessible you know yeah yeah but, yeah. Mm. yeah so it's just the weird he has he just has a weird history. That's what I really wanted to put on the uh, put out there as we t- continue talking about them. Um, yeah. So quickly, I want to run through um, the awards Mulholland Drives do- Mulholland Drive does get. Um, so the big ones are the- it wins BAFTA for best editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, award. It, it's at it wins a bunch of. Um, Best Picture Awards, at, like, Film Critics Awards. So, National Society of Film Critics, Los Angeles Film Critics, Toronto Film Critics, New York Film Critics. Those all award it Best Picture for 2001, 2002. Um, then it wins the Indie Spirit for Best Cinematography. It wins the BAFTA for Best Editing. I think you just literally said that. Um, <laughs> it wins the Cesar for Best Foreign Film. The Cesar's so based <laughs> for this. <laughs> Um, just I also want to look up what else was nominated that year because that's so interesting. Sort of funny um, that it wins Best Foreign Film considering it's produced by a French company. <laughs> sort of funny. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like beggars can't be choosers, and we should okay. be happy. <laughs> okay, okay. That, but the big one that I think is interesting is that National Society of Film Critics awards Best Actress to Naomi Watts. Um, yes. and this is the only reward, uh, reward. This is the only award <laughs> that she receives. Receives. Oh my god, I cannot speak today. This is the only award that she receives for this film. That feels like sinister to me. Like that just feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is wrong. It's genuinely sickening. Uh, Stomach toning. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just really interesting. I guess they don't do um. They don't do nominations, so they just decide on a person. Oh. Um, mm, that is weird. Yeah. And she wins. And this is, like, this is between Laura Linney for You Can Count On Me and Diane Lane for Unfaithful. So, like, Mulholland Drive, truly the odd one out here, I would argue. Yeah. Um, But she definitely made an impression. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, um, it's... I don't know. It's not like the Oscars and these other, you know, <clears throat> awards bodies never give awards to newcomers. 
Um, and especially because like Naomi Watts was what, like 32 when that movie comes out. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. the Oscars love to give a young, like less than 35 woman her best actress Oscar. Jennifer Lawrence, you know, like they like a younger woman, I think, who's like a newcomer on the scene. They do like to give people that award sometimes. So it's not completely oh, impossible that she would have gotten it. They just, they just, they hate gay people. Oscar's so homophobic. Hashtag. I'm going to get it trending. <laughs> well, <laughs> they like to throw a bone to young actresses. Like, I don't know if winning is like the most realistic, but nominations definitely, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence, like, throw a bone is not like the best phrase to use because you know the the performances are good i just mean like when i think of like indies i feel like the oscars love like a weird young actress to put into the mix of mm-hmm. usually I mean, we older also, usually yeah. more acclaimed group of I mean, women. we have like like brie larson um, so in too right you could, could argue that one well, I mean, I would even argue for two thousand for the two thousand two Academy Awards, they nominate Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones's Diary. I mean, to me, oh, when God. you're looking at the the rest of these right. nominees, like it's hilarious how weirdly that one sticks out. And I mean, I love Bridget Jones's Diary. I'm not gonna lie, but just in comparison, like you have Halle Berry, Judi Dench, Nicole Kidman, and Sissy Spacek. Like, it's such a like it's such an odd man out. It's so random. And I can't help but wonder yeah. what the that category would be like if Naomi Watts was there. But, I don't yeah. know. And just, yeah. I mean, I am someone who complains about that nomination all the time. Because I just can't believe. <laughs> it's almost laughable. Yeah. And for that one. It's I mean, so I don't random. think she's untalented. But, like, that just makes, like, no sense to me. I don't know. Like, that's also just no, not a movie I, that I, I would feel like the Academy would, like, bite at. You know, it's like a rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the days when they used to have a little bit of fun. But it's weird with the <laughs> Renee Zellweger. I think that the Academy just likes her. I mean, obviously, she has two Oscars. And she, I, she won the following year, right? For Right, for supporting yeah. her. Or was no, that no, two, no. It was two years. Two, two years, years later. Because it was but, the year after the hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just the Academy's beginning of saying, hmm, this Renee girl, she's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it is also worth noting that Miramax is one of the production companies for that movie yeah yeah so and we know oh miramax <laughs> oh miramax you know so that is also yeah. just like something i would like to throw out there hint hint i mean <laughs> wink nod nod <laughs> who, not saying who produced, anything but i am who produced mahal drive did miramax uh, Mir- was it i don't even I remember it was uh, yeah i think i thought it was too but i just wanted to make sure yeah, I think, um, yeah. Wait, 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 search this or, and I thought Studio Canal. Yeah. Studio Canal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Which okay, is, yes. Yeah. It wasn't Pate, it's Studio Canal. Um, and then this guy named Alain Sard. <laughs> He's French. Just some um, dude. He did, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at his movies like right now, and um, some of these are bangers. He did um, Nelly and Mr. Arnaud and Baracko. Noted Isabella Johnny mm. Gerard de Perdue Vertigo ripoff of Bar- Baracko. It's not a ripoff. It's def- like, it's a great, g- good movie. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, 
And is the Picture Factory uh, Lynch? Like, is that his production company? Mm, I, I think so. I think so. I think so? I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> Literally cannot find anything on this production company. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something that went bankrupt really quickly. Um, <laughs> they just put all their money into Mulholland Drive and then said, bye. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I mean. Um, and then it's, in the United States, it was distributed by Universal. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That's so big year for Universal because this is this is the Shrek year too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the Shrek year. <laughs> The the two thousand one Cannes Film Festival was just so okay. funny. Well, let's let's get into that, right? Because Mulholland Drive wins. Um, what does it win? It wins Best Director at Cannes. Yeah, no. tied with Joel Cohen, right? For the man who wasn't there. Wait, give me a minute. Yeah, sorry, I just yeah, I think you're right. Because, but doesn't Michael Haneke also win Best Director at Cannes? Um, he wins happen? the Grand Prix. I'm pretty sure. Piano Teacher. Okay, so he doesn't win Best Director. Best and director. also, is a, yes, yes, David Lynch does win Best Director at Cannes. Um, I'm not sure how the Cannes Film Festival works. Like, no, it's kind of random. Like, okay, wait, let me. Um, and then Isabel Huppert wins uh, Best Actress that year, correct? Right, which we will get into. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course it is. I'm trying to figure out if this is a jury award. Or if it's like a, I think the jury award. I mean, who was on the jury that year? I mean, Lee Volman was <laughs> the header. Yeah, of Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, it, she was the she's the head of jury. Um, yeah, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, there so I'm, I'm saying that jury. I think, um, yeah, I think Michael Haneke won the Palm Door. Um, it looks like the Palm Door was The Sun's Room by Nanny Moretti. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I mean, yeah. I'm just looking on Wikipedia right now. That's true. But, it, was um, the, it was like a like random French film that gets The Palm Door that year. Yeah. I think it's fine. And then gonna... Piano Teacher won the Grand Prix, which okay. I'm only basing off of the poster in the back of my room that says that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, uh, okay. Let's do like a quick run through this jury because i quite like it i sort of really like it um (laughs) sophia you mentioned leave elman as the jury president yes Um, she was for those of you who don't know which is embarrassing but for those of you who don't know um our ingmar bergman queen um (laughs) then we have mimo calapresti who is a director he wrote the second time or he um he directed the second time notes of love and happiness costs nothing. Charlotte Gainsbourg, um, who at this point had just won her Cesar two years prior for Seasons Beatings. Um, and she had obviously like won another Cesar when she was like 14 for La Fronte. So it's interesting that she's on here. Um, Terry Gilliam for, uh, you know, Monty Python, director, British. Um, Matthew... Kasovitz. I don't know. Um, I he did Lahine or wait, yeah, oh, okay, he did Lahine. Okay. He was mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, Centurion Kiberlane, who um, I know from like the randomest movies because I've only seen her like, Espelho Pair movies, which are all like strange. Um, I'm trying to think of like what, like Cyrano maybe is her big one. 
She's in The False Servant, which I saw, which is like a movie that doesn't exist, but it's Ben Wei Shakuo. Um, she's just like an interesting actress, I think. She's one of the Cesar a few times. Um, Philippe Lebreau, who did... Oh, he's a journalist and a director sometimes. He did like, I don't know, these movies. La Rite, La Crime, La, Apa, La Alpajur. Sorry. <laughs> um, Julia Armand. Queen of French. Who is an actress. Uh, <laughs> she, was in, she was in Legends of the Fall, wasn't she? Julia Armand. I, I think so, yeah. 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 She's, she was. I'm trying to think of what she had done before this. Like Sabrina, Stalin, um, Edward Yang, obviously mm-hmm. Yi, um, A Bright Summer Day, Mahjong, and then Muf- Mufida Tlatli, who did uh, Nala, Aziza, The Trace, The Sansas of the Palace. So like a really interesting, I think, jury because sometimes i feel like you'll get juries that are very copacetic um where like their tastes are very similar to each other's but i feel like this is an interesting group of people it's like he just pulled names out of a hat i mean (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i couldn't have guessed a more random lineup i mean it's a good one but yeah random (laughs) it's like so David Lynch does win Best Director, and that is a jury mm-hmm. prize, which means that yeah. people must have, on some level, liked the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah I mean... I feel like... I, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Like, my thing is, like, sometimes you'll have, like, um... So, like, I was just looking, listening to This Had Oscar Buzz. Um, I was listening to their Sundance episode, and they did... They were talking about After Yang, right? And After mm-hmm. Yang opened at Cannes in competition. But, like, it that did? movie went... Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I thought it premiered at Sundance. No, that's the thing. <laughs> that movie made no noise yeah, at Cannes. Obviously, right? I didn't hear a thing about that. That's so insane. <laughs> and But at Sundance, people seem to really like it. Um, And so, it's one of those things where it's, like, the movie, like, itself doesn't do too well at can but like in general i think people sort of like it or if you have something like um the paperboy which did really well at can for some reason and really well i mean like it got like a 12 minute standing ovation um (laughs) oh my god but like it didn't really register like out of can you know um Mm -hmm. whereas maholland drive like it's interesting it's interesting because it sort of did both like it definitely like it's not like people saw that movie and completely forgot about it which is which would be difficult to do either way um good movie or not because it's very it's a it's a it's a lot of the movie (laughs) um i don't know i know i think like to me moholland drive is is the type of movie and these happen every so often like um i'll try to think of other examples but it's a movie where you watch it and whether or not you like it it is like undeniably expertly crafted and mm-hmm. because of that even if you don't like it even if it's not that popular you know it might not get best picture but you have to award the craft behind it so you give it best director you know that's how i uh, receive yeah. the drive because you also have things like the bbc yeah. mm, i think it was the bbc um like a film critic 
a bunch of film critics voted on the best movie of the 21st century. And I believe this was in like 2017 or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Huh? And. I think you're right. Yeah, and yeah. it was. Mulholland Drive was voted best movie of the 21st century. So it's just, I feel like. Yeah. It's something that objectively is very good. You know, I think, like, I mean. I think it's one of those things, once again, like you said, whether you like it or not, you remember it. And it's, mm. I, I mean, I kind of thought this is a random comparison, but uh, the house that Jack built, whenever, I don't even remember, was that 2017 when that premiered? Like, so mm. many people were walking out, but at the end of the day, that's probably going to get more talk. It might be negative, people saying, oh, I hate the house that Jack built, but it's like, you remember it because of how bold and how out there it is. And I think that's pretty similar to what Mulholland Drive did. Whether you like it or not, you're most likely going to remember that scene of Naomi Watts just, like, masturbating. Like, there's (laughs) all these just, like, random things that come in and out, and you're like, oh, my God, that's never going to leave my head. Just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's very unforgettable in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, on the opposite end of that spectrum, because I would argue that The House of Jack Belt is a very polarizing movie. Like, a lot of people hate that movie. Absolutely. And a lot of people really like it. Absolutely. I think um, on the other end of the spectrum of, like, a movie that is widely loved, (laughs) something like (laughs) There Will Be Blood, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like me, I watched that movie. It may not, I did not, like, emotionally connect with it. I didn't think it was my favorite movie, blah, blah, blah. But I can't watch that movie and then go away and say, it was badly directed, it was badly written, it was badly acted. Because it's just, like, at the top of its game in every respect, whether or not I personally liked it. You know, I just have to acknowledge that fact. Mm-hmm, you know? absolutely. I feel like at Ken this year, I mean, Ken is always, like, they love to be provocative, they love to be, like, they love choosing, like, provocative films and, like, the most movies ever. But I think especially this year. And I don't know if I'm gonna, like, if I could, like, throw a dart and click on any can year and come up, come away with the same sentiment. But I feel like this year's... Okay, I'm just going to do, like, notable inclusions for films that are in competition. So this is not even, like, screenings. This is, like, like films that are competing for the same <laughs> awards. Um, We have Millennium Bo- Mambo, which Lily watched recently. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give c- quick thoughts on that, Lily? Um... Well, that's one that is also, like, very surreal, very dreamlike. It's, like, non-linear, very, very artsy. And it's foreign film. I believe it's Taiwanese. Am I correct in saying that? Um, yes. I, yeah, Taiwanese. Um, and it's, like, extremely emotionally unsatisfying, I would say, for most of the film. Like, it's a frustrating movie, fundamentally. So that's definitely, like... Um, a very, like, con movie, I feel like. Yeah. And then we also have um, Moulin Rouge, which is, like, <laughs> from... I'm going to, like, say a few more, but, like, this is, like, the Oscar success crossover, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how Moulin Rouge did at con, because I feel like it had mid-reviews. Like, I don't think people, like, loved the movie. I think they they just... They were like, okay... Um, obviously you have Mulholland Drive. Um, then you have The Piano Teacher. Um, just a little movie that comes out <laughs> into that. That you're very normal um, now. Nothing, nothing life-changing. No, mm-hmm. you know. 
like definitely a movie that I've not spent hours thinking about and cried for three days after. Um, then you have Replay by Catherine Corsini, which is a movie that means nothing to everyone other than to me because it's a movie where Emmanuel Biar plays a, a gay piano player. I actually have no idea what she actually... Oh, she's a stage actress. I was getting this confused with another... Anyway. Um, <laughs> but thank you, support female directors. Um, Shrek is also in competition, which is insane. And I think they do that because they hate me specifically. Um, do you not like Shrek? I don't what like was Shrek. the Interesting. Um, Interesting. Sort of, sort of, uh, <laughs> that's sort of a flop opinion. Not gonna lie. Mm. Shrek sort of slays. Um, sorry, I have taste and class and dignity. Oh, uh-huh. You have plenty um, of both of those. I, I don't want to veer off subject, but I am kind of curious why you don't like Shrek. I mean, I really don't have any opinion on Shrek. It's just a movie to me. It doesn't really do much, but I'm curious what, because as Lily said, that's a pretty unpopular opinion, I feel like. Here we go. <laughs> My, I'm going to be very quick about this. My issue with Shrek is like my issue with most Haneke movies, where it's like, <laughs> you're making a mockery of, of this sort of film medium, right? Or at least you're in some way criticizing it, but you decide to do it through a film medium, you know? And with Haneke, at least he has some sort of mastery of it. With Shrek, it just feels so lazy. It feels like you watch that movie... And there's a reason why older Disney movies and older, like, um, Ghibli animation, there's a reason why those age well. Because there's craft, there's dedication, there's care. Whereas Shrek, you watch now and you're like, wow, this sort of sucks. Like, this, <laughs> the way this movie looks is terrible. Um, that's my piece. Wow. Um, I think poll quote for the not episode. Not what I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Poll quote for the episode is, I hate Shrek in the same way that I hate a lot of Michael Haneke films. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what is the heart feels what it feels um, <laughs> and it yeah. hates what it hates mm-hmm. um and then there's a jack rivet movie which i haven't seen Vassavoir. um but you know i mean there's uh, there was also a jean-luc godard movie that st- seems to not exist there was a joel cohen movie the man who wasn't there in competition um but the four i named were are like the big ones for obvious reasons and like, yeah, the most movies ever. Um, and I mean, this is just we, sort of an insane year we, for movies, like across the board, too. Like, there's so many yeah. things that aren't even at con that are just like very, very impactful, like in the public consciousness currently. Yeah, is this um this so this is the um the year that Harry Potter comes out. Um, Donnie and Darko, Spirited Away. First Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all about Lily Choo Choo. And others. none of those win Best Picture. No. Ocean's Eleven. Legally Fast and Blonde. the Furious. Yeah. yeah. The Princess Diaries. Vanilla Sky. Sort of <laughs> Millennium Actress, Spirited Away. Sort of. And the Apes, Zoolander, um, Laura Jones' Nun movie. 
sort of an insane year. Impactful <laughs> very much. <laughs> It it's sort of funny to me that all we get all of these really interesting movies, whether you like them or not. I just think they're all interesting. And what ends up winning Best Picture that year is A Beautiful Mind, which I feel like nobody cares about anymore. Like I think it well, was just a very, very yeah. much a piece of its time. And like mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the other Best Picture lineups, like it's A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, which I've actually never heard of, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring, and Moulin Rouge. You've like, never heard that, of In the Bedroom? I, I mean, maybe I have. I'm, like, trying to think. Who's... Oh, wait. This yes, I, yes, I know what this is. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marissa Tomei's in it, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, that's... I, I feel like the Academy just summed up 2001 in such a weird way. Because it's just such a weird list of movies. Yeah. There were so much better ones. Do we want to sort of quickly talk about... The piano teacher <laughs> or am i the only one with any are you asking is that a, like well, i'm sort of asking if someone wants to start the conversation so it's not like i'm hijacking you were going to, it, you, you, know? you you were the one to start the conversation v <laughs> why don't you do that okay <laughs> so i do think it's interesting that first of all liv allman when she presents the award for Isabel Huppert, goes, we all uma- unanimously voted for her, <laughs> which I don't think you're supposed to say. Like, I don't think. Uh, I'll leave. I'll leave. She was in a silly, um, goofy mood. She was like, let me just, like, so much for anonymous voting. <laughs> she was just like, let me do the honors. Um, but I do think that that's, like, a performance that is so, just so reserved. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I was thinking about, like, like, if we do a direct comparison of Naomi Watts' performance in Mulholland Drive and Isabel Huppert's performance in The Piano Teacher, on one level, it's interesting because I think they're both playing sort of versions of their careers, where they are in their careers, right? Naomi Watts is the ingenue. She's the new girl on the scene. In Mulholland Drive, she's very much playing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Isabel Huppert is uh, being a hag. Um <laughs> She, like, wins the Cesar in 1996 and then just does a bunch of movies um, that revolve around her having to come to terms with being old. And The Piano Teacher is, like, the most horrific combination (laughs) of that sort of movie. Um, And I think it's just so interesting. And obviously, like, the Cesars, they love French people. (laughs) They really like Isabelle Huppert. Um, well, but there, there's something about like, I mean, they like you enough to nominate her, but oh, uh, not the Cesars. Like, <laughs> uh, I meant, I meant the um, I meant Can, not the Cesars. Can oh, okay. loves Isabel Huppert, um, and you know, they like her a lot. She likes being there, but um, there's something about like, there's something about their choice to go with the mo, the more um, reserved performance that I think is interesting because I feel like Can is not someone someone as a third person but Can is not like a place that usually does that because yeah. I was looking at their best actress wins right um and just in recent years especially especially best actress wins for um English language movies so you have Charlotte Gainsbourg for um Antichrist Kirsten Dunst for Melancholia Julianne Moore for Maps to the Stars which is like Crazy. a movie. Um, what else? Yeah. 
Doesn't doesn't Rooney Mara? Um, didn't she get yeah, for Rooney Kara? Mara. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen in the fade, and I think. Did the entire cast of Volver win one year? Like, I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and for 2006, it has Penelope Cruz, Carmen Mora, Lola. I cannot yeah. pronounce these. Like, did the entire female cast win? Or... Yeah, I think the everything was a joint prize. Oh, fun! I like when they, they did do that, that for um. They did it for Blues, the warmest... Co- Wait, no, no, no. That was for Best Picture. They, It was like a three-way thing, right? They, they did didn't... it for A World Apart in 1988 for um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Hershey, Jody May, and Linda Moosey. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I like about Khan is that they will just bend the rules. I do appreciate that. They're like, okay, we'll just make an exception. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite... um. My favorite con bending the rules is when they gave Crash an award that doesn't exist. <laughs> what? Crash like 1996. Yes. Cl- yeah, Crash 1996. They were like, they were like, they, it, didn't, it didn't win anything. And then they were like, here's your award for audacity, daring, and courageousness. <laughs> really? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I guess like, they made it up at the, on the spot. Like, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I would be give I would are. give Crash an award just for being Crash. <laughs> yeah, be who you yeah. are in your pride. That's um, what they said. Also, I just <laughs> I I didn't know Meryl Streep won for her Dingo movie. Her what movie? Like, <laughs> what? Okay, it's a cry in the dark, but it's like it's the Dingo oh. and Ray Baby movie. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> yes. Yep. Australian one. What is this? Okay, well, there's there's this whole, like, Australian, like, case about this woman who claims that, a, like, these dingoes ate her eight-month-old <laughs> child. And then there was, like, this whole, like, media frenzy over it on whether she actually just killed her child and was blaming it on the dingoes and stuff like that. And Meryl Streep stars, and for some reason, in the movie adaptation of it i've never seen it because i don't think i want to see meryl streep attempt an australian accent um yeah no it's not good and apparently she won best actress for it at can so is that the only time she's ever won best actress to can yeah i mean yeah i don't think like people <laughs> so win it yeah. often <laughs> right hmm. it's interesting to see who's won it often because um barbara hershey's won it twice right um, obviously isabel huper i think who is won isabel it johnny won it last year uh like the most recent year it was um mm-hmm. renate rianse yeah oh, for, for worst person in the world yeah yeah interesting it's interesting can is always just an interesting place to be and me me saying this as if i've been at can i have not but you know like it's just an interesting um <laughs> group of people together um i think like from an american perspective a lot have... of the time the con movies like don't end up translating like over like they don't get yeah. the same hype yeah that they did at con which is interesting mm-hmm. and i mean a little sad i guess because they're usually more interesting yeah. than the oscars oh yeah pretty Sometimes. much every time i feel like they do have i will say con best actress Specific like like the um the percentage of incest movies suspiciously high. 
Oh lord. I mean, it <laughs> is plants. That out there. Yeah, it's plants. <laughs> like, yeah, it is France, I guess. Um, Con best actress, sort of the equivalent of that best incest movie poll that you made me. I did not make it. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> oh well, it was so attached to your me. name. I just assumed it was you. <laughs> I feel like you will get into Okay, yeah, you're responsible. You have comically. Been. How am I? <laughs> I, I do think I'm you literally tweeted somebody. I do think you literally tweeted somebody <laughs> should make an incest poll so I can. This is getting deleted, by the way. <laughs> it's absolutely not. I'm not going to let that happen. You ignited the flame. I'm pretty sure I saw yeah. that tweet just to just yeah. to back up those claiming I'm gonna, that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find it right now. Give me a minute. I'll read it out loud. Oh my god. This is your like <laughs> public lashing in the square right now. <laughs> um Yeah, weird moment for Ken, what a weird, weird, um weird group of films. I'm sure people had a fun time. I'd like to be there. I'd like to I be was, uh <clears throat> I was supposed to go. I almost um through my school did a study abroad internship with them and then I learned that I am horrible at French and you need to know French really well but I'm awful at it mm. so I will not be studying oh, no. abroad in France <laughs> bummer oh, I know. Oh so another bummer. time another time um yeah. I will pretend to be you assume your identity <laughs> you probably know it better than I do <laughs> yeah but you queen at French you're so good <laughs> that was my can moment um <laughs> We still didn't talk about The Piano Teacher. Um, the Piano Teacher, great movie. Um, Isabel Huppert, so much, doing so much. This is, a, this is a, I mean, we did we did talk about it a little bit, about how Can loves giving the awards to big performances. And I think part of that is just because it's like such a weird atmosphere, or so I've heard. Um, and Naomi Watts was also doing a lot. Um, I mean, Nicole Kidman was also doing a lot, but that movie was also Moulin Rouge, so maybe not. Yeah. I mean, the I, don't know. Friendly movie. I don't know how you guys For feel, but I feel like when I talk to people who have seen Mulholland Drive, who are, you know, slightly pretentious, sort of aware of film, what what's going on, a lot of people would argue that Mul- like Naomi Watson Mulholland Drive is one of the best performances, like, ever. Um, and I feel like Isabel Huppert and the Piano Teacher also yeah. comes up when you ask, like, what are the best performances ever? Um... So it really kind of yeah. sucks that they're in the same year. Because, <laughs> like, to make them, like, if you had put maybe one in a different year, I feel like there's a chance they could have both won if they were not. Yeah, in the same definitely. Year. Yeah. Well, that's how we sort of feel about um, the whole Isabel Johnny Isabel who perishes our feud. Um, but that's just me. That's just you. Who has opinions on things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I definitely do see, like, Naomi Watts. There is a timeline where Naomi Watts does win Best Actress um, yeah. at Cannes. Because it's definitely like a Cannes-friendly movie in the sense that it's the most performance ever. It uh, She's a fresh face. It's different from the other films that are there. Because it's... She's playing both hands. You know, she's playing both like the ingenue, the sort of movie star persona. But then she's also playing like gritty and... I guess gritty is the really the only word. You know, just serious and grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think 
It's interesting that this year, like the two best performances, neither one of them get in at the Oscars. I mean, best performances in my mind, you know, maybe people disagree, but, and the piano teacher doesn't get in because of eligibility issues, correct, V? Well, it was like, they submitted the papers wrong. It was something really, really stupid. (laughs) But then, Um, like, she had been nominated for best actress in that year. Would that have been possible? She, no, yeah, yeah. She could have. It was just. Oh, okay. They submitted the paper, like, it was like, it was like a bureaucratic issue. Like, it wasn't like a, it was. It wasn't based on her performance. No. I don't know if she's, I still don't know if she would have gotten in, but, um. I mean. Like, there's never the potential because it was just, just. Yeah. Yeah. Before I knew anything about, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, this is another really embarrassing thing. Uh, before I knew anything about the Academy Awards, or just like film at all, I always weirdly assumed that Isabelle Huppert won for the piano teacher, just because it's like, like, I don't know. I don't know why I assumed that. There was like no thought process behind it. And then when I found out that it was Halle Berry, like I was so confused for a week straight because... <laughs> When you watch her in that film, like, like, it's just like, it leaves you speechless. Like, I can't even, I don't even know what to say because it's just one of those things that is so good and it just takes everything yeah. out of you. It's just yeah, fantastic. What, yeah. So, I mean, what's crazy to me is that she doesn't even win the French Oscar. She doesn't even win the Cesar. Yeah. <laughs> like she's nominated and everything. And she doesn't win. Who won that year for the Cesar? I feel like it's Sandrine Kimberlane. Give me a moment. Hmm. I can. Hmm. I think, I mean, it's interesting, like, you mentioned that, Sophia. I have, like, I mean, not my experience, but I will say, like, talking to my my mother, who is not, like, a film person, barely knows anything that's going on. You know, she, and people, like, I would assume, and I think this is true, of, like, people who don't know what's going on in film even have this notion of the piano teacher, whether or not they've seen it, as, like, this incredibly acted like insane movie like one of the best performances ever it's just like something that has become associated with the film Mm -hmm. it's like its reputation precedes it in that sense absolutely um the winner was emmanuel devos for um read my lips okay which Hmm. i think was also no for some reason i thought it was also nominated for best um foreign film at the oscars it's not um but yeah that's what won um i do actually remember reading the reviews of this and people thought it was okay um hmm. so i don't know isabel Huppert didn't win they just hate her i think is actually the reason um all of france <laughs> hates isabel Huppert. starting that rumor yes. now um, um <laughs> i will say like just sort of to like circle it back to Naomi Watts and Mulholland Drive. Um, sorry, V. But um, <laughs> I think it's interesting because if it's argued that, like, the performance reputation precedes the piano teacher, I don't think that's true of Mulholland Drive or really any David Lynch movie. I feel like because he, right. he's, like, the name associated with his movies. Whereas, like, a Michael Haneke, I would argue, while he might be well-known, he's not, like, the household name associated with the piano teacher. That's his vocal pair. So, and yeah, no, I think the acting is think... always underrated in, in David Lynch movies. Right. But I also think that, like, um, 
like Michael Haneke's movies are quite political. Mm-hmm. Like if you um like Cache. the piano teacher isn't, but but Cash, Benny's video, funny games, um, I mean there's a there's a, the white ribbon, right? These are like very, very distinctly if not distinctly German or Austrian, distinctly like political films. I think the nature of the piano teacher is that it's not. It's a character study, which is very, um, very unlike him for Haneke. And instead of it being like the exception to the rule, I feel like people just make it as a Bill Paris movie. Whereas the thing cannot be said about Mulholland Drive because it's so much of Lynch's project, right? Yeah. Do we want to go like into the actual nominations for the Oscars and talk about how we feel yeah. about them? Yeah. So I feel like this is a let's let's just, let's just you know usually I like to save best actress for last but you know let's just get through with it right off the bat because I feel like we all have a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs> so the nominees are Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones's Diary, Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom, Nicole Kidman for Moulin Rouge, Judy Dench for Iris, and Hal Berry for Monster Small. Certainly a lineup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not my not my <laughs> personal selection, but it's certainly something. Yeah. So, how many have you guys seen from this lineup? I've seen three. I've seen Monsters Ball, unfortunately, Moulin Rouge, and Bridget Jones' Diary. I have not seen. Millie, what about film. you? Um, I've seen all of them except in the bedroom. Yeah, hmm. Lily. I am like the opposite end of the spectrum. I've only seen Bridget Jones's Diary. <clears throat> I haven't seen like any of them. Interesting. Sorry. I was supposed to watch them actually... for this, but then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like this week I watched both Iris and Monsters Ball. And I've seen Moulin Rouge. And um, I saw Bridget Jones's Diary like a while ago. So it's not very fresh in my mind. But like, it's so strange that the only one I haven't seen is in the bedroom. I was talking to Millie about this, like, before we started recording, but I think that's, like, the, like, the one I'll probably like the most, because I love mm. harrowing terrible domestic dramas, <laughs> um, especially by Todd Field, um, but, yeah, uh, since no one else has seen Iris, I'm just going to say that that movie sure exists, and it's fine. It's not, like, yeah. horrifically bad which is how I feel Monsters Ball is yeah. um, oh, God, yeah. but it's fine whatever it's not a bad nomination um, let's talk about let's talk about this win <laughs> would anyone it's, like to start I, I, I'll, I'll put a little something in it Monsters Ball I watched funny enough I knew really nothing about it but I was going through Heath Ledger's filmography and that's actually the only reason I watched it. So I was kind of embarrassed when he died 10 minutes in Halle Berry. The thing about this role is like all of her roles. It's just a lot. Like she reminds you every five minutes that she's acting like she doesn't really. And I mean, I don't know. It's so hard because I don't like being mean about certain things, but like, it's just one of those actresses. I feel like a lot of the roles that she does, she doesn't slide into like as like, I don't even know what the word is as fluently as somebody like Isabel Huppert does, but I don't know. She does a lot of acting a lot. So I think that's why, I mean, I think that's why the Academy chose her because it's the most, I mean, 
Nicole Kidman did a lot too, but in a better way, I think, than Halle Berry. Yeah, I, for me, um, I literally just like finished this today. So, first of all, it's like the most Oscar bait movie. Yeah. It's like, we're going to touch on everything, yeah. you know? And have, have any of you guys seen The Human Stain? Yes. Uh, no, I haven't. Who is in that? Nicole Kidman, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never yeah. seen it, but I know of it. It's not worth watching. But, like, this okay. movie really reminded me of uh, <laughs> of The Human Stain, yeah. where it's like, we're going to talk about every single issue ever known to man. Um, and Which do it all works. terribly. <laughs> um, oh, God. I'm less, I think... I, I don't think Halle Berry is giving a bad performance. Oh, no. I, I, yeah, I agree. But I do I don't think it's like... Like, to me, she's the best thing in that movie. But it's also like nothing else is good in that movie. Right. So it's not saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I... it's, it's like a very big performance. Um, mm. I don't know. Lots of like emotional highs and lows, but I also think it's the movie, the film itself is so stupid and bad that I really struggle to see the nominations that I got. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Halle Berry is obviously the best part of it. And I think she could have been even better if everything else about the movie was better. Like she recently came to my school and we screened um, the film that she just directed called Bruised. And it's like, it's weird because like, she's a good actress, but she's just never given a good enough chance to exhibit that. Like, I feel like a lot of the movies she's done even recently, like did in a moonfall or something, whatever just came out. Like she's not getting the opportunity to really perform. And I guess this was, like, the only time where she really has been able to do that. And it's not even that good of a movie, so it's a shame. But, I yeah, I think yeah. I'm looking at this. Okay, I haven't seen it, but I did not realize that Billy Bob Thornton was in this movie. Um, now I'm definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> Yo, I was waiting for you. <laughs> My, like, least favorite yeah. person on the planet. Um, this is giving me, like, have you guys seen Dead Man Walking? Yeah. Oh, no. Dead Man Walking. Have you seen it? Oh, uh, no, 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 I have not. I'm getting them mixed up. Okay, it's like sort of giving me that vibe, um, which is what Susan Sarandon wins her Oscar for in 1995. Well, 96, I mm-hmm. guess, but it came out in 1995, which is like prison and like dubious morality and everything's bad except for the lead woman performance, and then she wins an Oscar. Same exact trajectory. Yep. Wow. I'd agree with that. I mean, it is like this win is politically important because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the first time that a, a black woman ever wins a lead actress Oscar, correct? Yep, yes. it is. And still the only one so, to date, which and, is so embarrassing. But Yeah. So, I mean, for that reason, it is significant. Um, it's, I mean, it sucks that it's for like a terrible movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that is like I don't know. It makes me feel it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it makes me feel sort of conflicted about saying she shouldn't have won, even though I think that I don't think that it was the best performance. Like, I don't know. The Oscars are so. But, yeah. <sighs> 
But it's one like, of those things that's like, if this is what it requires, if you need to, like, this movie has, like, the nuance of a sledgehammer. Like, mm. <laughs> and if that's what they need for a, you know, a black actress to win Best Actress. Like, who am I to deny Halle Berry's win, you know? Yeah. 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 Have you guys seen Fences? Um, Senses? Not, Fences. I've not. Fences with, with Viola Davis, which she wins for. I mean, I would right. also argue that, like... That oh, like, oh uh, Fences. No. Yeah, sorry, Fences. Like, she's doing so much in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, the most mm-hmm. performance to even be acknowledged. I don't know. And that's a contentious um, win, because people think that she should have been... Because I think she wins the Tony in lead. Um, but she wins the mm. Oscar in supporting, because that's what they campaigned her in. Category fraud. But probably they thought she had more chance in supporting, and she probably did. Yeah. It's, oh my god. I also quickly want to say, not that this is relevant to this conversation, but I think Will Smith should have won for Ali. Um, I am the number one Ali 2001 supporter. <laughs> Interesting. Um, like... Have- and if Just he had saying, won then, um, we wouldn't have King Richard now. Think about it. Right. We also wouldn't have The Pursuit of Happiness, which I think is a terrible movie that's so bad. <laughs> and I don't like it. Um, before we had The Florida Project, we had The Pursuit of Happiness. True. Um, <laughs> but just wanted to say that. That is my three-hour biopic um, that I will defend. Yeah, I okay. So like, contextualizing Naomi Watts in this lineup, I feel like she's easily the best. I haven't seen in the bedroom, so moving that aside. But everything else, I think she's easily the best of all of these performances. But I feel like, as we discussed, that the best performances this year did not get in at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. I wonder. You know, we'll never know. But I do deeply wonder what. Naomi Watts' career trajectory is like had she won this Oscar. You know? Something I'll never know. <laughs> I honestly wonder if it would have been worse. because It was for Halle Berry. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. Or if you think of, like, um, what's her name? Uh, I don't like her. Um, Hilary Swank? Cry. Hilary Swank. <laughs> Can't believe um, you yeah. Like, Hillary Swank wins two Oscars, not back-to-back, but pretty close to each other. And, um, her career sucks. Like, post-Oscar? <laughs> yeah. She's not not a good filmography to go through. I also think she has bad taste in movies, but, um... Well, her, also her Oscar wins you know? are not exactly great, right. like, feats of filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Million Dollar True. Baby. Yeah. The French loved it. Well, I don't know if that's a... I don't know if the French are a good judge of moral character or quality cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Either one, I would uh, be dubious on. No offense to the French. I mean... <laughs> well, I'm just going to leave you... I'm just going to let you say that, Lily. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, feel, I mean... Feel free. Like, the French people can come at me. What are they going to do? Mm. <laughs> do we have anything to add, like, add about Best Actress specifically? 
or should we go to the other categories? Um, I mean, I know I'm in the unpopular opinion on this, but I really would have loved to see Nicole Kidman win from Moulin Rouge. I don't know why. I just think it would be really funny and just add a little <laughs> bit of chaos because I feel like, I mean, Marissa Tomei, my cousin Vinny, yeah, I think it's kind of the similar thing. Like, it's just such a... It's just something that the Academy would never choose, and I would have loved to see them do that. If we're looking at this list of nominees, not putting Hooper in there or mm. Watts, like, that would have been my personal choice. But, yeah, beyond that, I don't really have. Yeah. I'm not particularly fond of any of these performances, so really anyone could have won. Um, but I think Monsters <laughs> Ball is easily the worst movies, the worst movie out of all of these. <laughs> yeah. That's the issue. Slang. <laughs> um... Let's do let's do best supporting actress. Not that I don't think anyone has any stake in this either, but Jennifer Connelly wins for A Beautiful Mind, Helen Mirren for Gosford Park, Maggie Smith for Gosford Park, Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom, and Kate Winslet for Iris. I would put like Laura Herring obviously in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really liked Kate Winslet in Iris. I think I liked her more than Judy Dench. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but this seems like sort of <laughs> like they got really lazy. <laughs> mm. It feels a little bit like that. Like they were like, "Well, what are the big movies? Let's just let's just nominate the women in those movies," you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think like in Lynch movies, there's a certain style of acting that to a lot of people, and I don't think it's an insignificant percentage. It it comes off as like obnoxious overacting. I mean, that's a critique of Twin Peaks. That's a critique of um of, I mean, like, Lord and Wild at Heart, it, of, like, the woman in the Eraserhead. It's just, like, the women who cry and, you know, kind of, like, lose their mind and do all these things. People just dismiss that. And I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I can't say for sure that people felt that way about Laura Herring, but I would not be surprised if that's how people felt. I'm sure they did. I, I kind of get that that vibe. It just... Oop. Sorry, I just got a weird thing oh, up on my computer. Say, I, I was just going to say, but I think that Laura Herring is, like, the most normal in that movie. At least more normal than Naomi Watts in Mahalo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but the ball is in hell for normalcy in this movie. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the first half, like, I would argue that they're both sort of, like, intentionally overacting right to create that style right, right. but Laura Herring is the one shaking and crying in the first half or the first three quarters right That's true. I mean the most normal person in this movie is for sure Justin Thoreau he is just some guy okay okay, um, okay. I mean so that's I, your I, take I, but the only point that I'm trying to make here is that while I think that Laura Herring deserved to be in here I can see probably why people didn't think that. Mm, yeah. You know, that's it. That's all I was. I don't know. Let women cry and scream. The actress category. <laughs> I have no stakes in this race. Like, <laughs> like it's just one of those. Like, I don't know. I feel like recently, maybe it's just because my like enjoyment of award season has really gone to the shithole. But like, I just like look at it and I'm like okay, there could have been a million other things that I would have put in here before what's here. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 2001, I'm not very yeah. confident on. But, yeah, I don't right. know. I mean, it's um, also like, I will also 
throw this out here. We know that the Academy doesn't love to nominate, like, musicians or, or models, people who, like, come from another sort of area of show business and then make a splash. Like, mm-hmm. it's sort of, I feel like there is a sense of, like, know your place. And Laura Herring, most notably before this, was Miss America. Right. So, you know. Well, I, that's I w- weird. That's, 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 that's interesting you bring that up because Halle Berry used to be a model. Like, that's how she mm. kind of got her foot in the door with the film industry. So it, it's like a weird mix because the Laura Herring thing, like, I would have totally put her in the supporting actress category. But it also makes me wonder. I'm like, is her past with Miss America or whatever? Like, why she isn't? And then... But then yeah. if that's the case, then, like, how did Halle Berry get in here? If it's, like, I mean, a stay in your place, which I totally agree. Yeah. I think, I mean, Halle Berry, to my knowledge, has a little bit more of an established career before this, correct? Right? It's, like, I mean, yeah, she definitely has more than Laura Herring. Yeah. It's not, like, I don't know. I can't even, maybe it's just because I don't really care about her that much. But I can't yeah. really even think of anything I think it partially It was definitely more, though. Yeah. I think it partially depends on the amount of success that that the person had in whatever field they were previously in. Because, I mean, I think that this is definitely, like, not to completely derail, but the J-Lo hustler situation, to me, that's a clear example of know your place because she's a superstar. But if it's just someone who was a model and, like, had moderate success but is more well-known for acting... I feel like uh-huh. it's different. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have any other thoughts. <laughs> if anyone else does, feel free. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like with singers, there's more leeway. Because, like, obviously you have Cher. Um, you have Lady Gaga. We'll see oh. how that fares for Tuesday. Oh, um, God. I don't even want to think about that. Um, I do not want to see the House listen, of Gucci. As a Nicole Kidman stand. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even. I I will. Uh, I will just. I will be watching from afar. I don't even want to think about it. It's gonna make me nauseous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never been this lukewarm in a, on a awards race in forever. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's really a mid off this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. The bar's on the floor. Um, <laughs> but let's do um best screenplay original screenplay um so what wins is gosford park and nominated is emily memento monster's ball and the royal ten of bombs um monster's ball should not be here yeah like, that's like ugh. that's like a awful screenplay just so bad <laughs> sorry um <laughs> like I've, i actually shouldn't apologize because i think that's like you guys wrote the movie. Like, just do better. <laughs> yeah. It, not good. Like, this is not Halle Berry trying to save a sinking movie. This is just a bad movie that you guys wrote. You know? Mm-hmm. This award. Um, Memento, I know Lily loves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Favorite movie. Slay. I, I sense that it. sarcasm. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't hate it, but it's like not my favorite movie. We we discuss this often where it's where it's like um original screenplay and adapted screenplay. Sometimes it just feels like they go for the most screenplay ever. Yeah. And yeah. both Monsters Ball and Memento really feel like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, don't I mean, also feel like a ton of bombs too, but I feel like I'm just really, but I feel like I'm a little, we're all a little like um, accustomed to Wes Anderson now. We're like, oh, he just does that. That's just the way he yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I can't think of a time and I'm sure there is one because I am I'm not like an encyclopedia of of Oscars information, but I can't think of a time when That's a weird, surreal non-linear movie really gets in for screenplay memento is non-linear but it is still one storyline that gets wrapped up in the end you know but a movie that right. is like ambiguous and out there and you're not sure what's real and what's fake and all like that doesn't get in for screenplay i think it should but it doesn't absolutely i think the academy is just a little lazy in that way they just I mean, that's always kind of been my problem. They always just want the clear-cut endings or something Mm -hmm. that, like, they can get on the first watch because a lot of times when the Academy's voting, like, do they really want to watch something more than once? Like, do they really want to do that? And if they don't get it on the first try, what's the point of making an effort to understand it, you know? And it's it's a shame because you're missing out on a lot of good movies like Mulholland Drive. Yeah, exactly. And I I think that that, this phenomenon is, like, very clear with um a movie like i'm thinking of ending things i think the strongest screenplay of 2020 didn't even get in oh yeah and promising young woman mm-hmm. wins <laughs> you know oh I mean, god I mean, ending things would have also been adapted okay we'll say oh that. sorry sorry oh yeah it would have been adapted i, I yeah. forgot about that but anyway still my i, I, I don't do my point stands some or being john malkovich that doesn't that gets in but doesn't win I think. Right. Well, I'm I'm just looking at the adapted or the original screenplay nominees. Um and they do like obviously Parasite wins. Um First Reform is I think an interesting one. Um oh, I would have loved to see that. Yeah, I mean it, it is nominated, um, but it doesn't win. Green Book wins, which is <laughs> terrible. <okay. laughs> um The Shape of Water <laughs> was nominated for screenplay. Um Oh my gosh, I just saw something. I can't find it anymore. And uh, and they have like slightly weirder ones. Obviously, The Piano wins, but I feel like The Piano is a movie that I don't think people got when it came out. Like people, did, I just feel like people did not really realize how weird that movie is when it came out. Right. <laughs> like I understand The Piano in a much more psychological and pretentious way than I think the Academy voters did. Yeah. Um, just throwing that out there. <laughs> I think. Um, I think, like, in Wally recent gets years... Wally a screenplay nomination. Slay. Five-star movie, by the way. Wally? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like Wally. It's so good. <laughs> um, I think in recent years, like, um, I would argue past ten years for sure, the screenplay award has become the, like... This movie's too weird for us to give it best director or best picture, but it's, we'll put it in, it's like a, not like a populist choice, but like the cinephile weird choice, we'll get a screenplay nomination. Like yeah. The Lost Daughter this year might get a screenplay nomination. It won't get anything else except yeah. for Olivia Coleman, that but would it might be get adopted. a screenplay. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there's like screenplay in general, you know, yeah. or something like, like Little Women, you know, or, um... 
Par- like I mean, a, Parasite is a good example. I mean, even though it won a bunch of other awards. What What's the um, Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of other good... I mean, First Reformed is a good example. That didn't get anything else. Um, yeah. Things that are a little more obscure can get a screenplay nomination. Easier than they can get other things, I think. Yeah. But that's a relatively new phenomenon, I would argue. And then let's let's go to director because this is the one category that does, in which Mulholland Drive does get in. Um, <laughs> David Lynch so, again, sole director nomination for David Lynch, which means that the Academy voters did see the movie. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like they didn't see it because he does get in. Yeah. I guess they just didn't want Naomi Watts <laughs> to be nominated for best actress. Like that's, I guess that was the. Uh, cultural psyche at that moment um also nominated <laughs> peter jackson for lord of the rings robert Alt for gosford park ridley scott for black hawk down and then the winner is ron howard for a beautiful mind a movie so, that is i mean sophia such an ugly list oh my god i'm being so i'm like oh god he just, there's just so many like other things that i would have preferred i don't know maholland drive should have won this or lord of yeah. the rings honestly i wouldn't have minded that yeah, and it's so I mean, interesting because like Moulin Rouge um, is nominated for Best Picture, but it doesn't get the Best Director nomination, which like doesn't usually happen. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Right. Yeah, that is really weird, actually. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to Baz Luhrmann. Okay. Uh, I don't like Baz Luhrmann. Sorry, I'm a hater. I can't. Uh. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just can't. Anyway, enough. Um, he's a lot, I mean, that's fair. He has a lot. I think, like, I mean, sort of like that, um, Alfonso Cuaron doesn't get in this year for Y Tu Mama Tambien, which mm-hmm. is, like, a lot of people think that's his best movie. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, I'd argue it is. I mean, I wonder if that was also just because of a weird eligibility thing, because he wasn't also, that movie was also not nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. Mm. But it, hmm. is it... Is the rule that if the, if the country doesn't submit it for best uh, foreign film, it can't get nominated anywhere? Or is it just that it can't get nominated no, in foreign I, film? No, I just, like... Because, like, I'm just thinking, like, the piano teacher also doesn't show up in foreign language film. And I feel like since those were huge movies, even at that time, I just feel like it was... I don't know. The fact that they're not here makes me think that it was, like, an, like an eligibility thing or something. And not because mm-hmm. they just didn't like the movie. But I don't know. Well, but you never know. Honestly, because, I mean, I don't... Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, honestly, I have no idea about the eligibility, but it would not surprise me if they didn't put Itumama Tambien in here because, like, like there's, like, like gay characters in it. I mean, this is, I guess, just contextualizing it with the history of the Oscars. They've been kind of known to not really... Like, I mean, Brokeback Mountain, I think, is a good example. The only reason that didn't win Best Picture in 2006 is because it had a gay couple and the Academy wanted to go with the safe choice. So I honestly feel like, it, once again, I don't know about the, um, like, if it was eligible or not, but the Academy might have just wanted to play it safe and not have something that was that explicitly gay on their awards lineup. But once again, I don't know. Yeah, that's just true. Just a guess. And Mulholland Drive is basically gay, like that. Yeah. Like it's true. Two thousand yep, yeah. is a drastically yeah. different political climate than now for that stuff. Right. And I do also think that even if they were eligible, it is not uh, implausible 
that they just didn't nominate it. Nominate it. Because, I mean, Titan, the Palme d'Or winner, is what France submitted this year, and it's not even on the short list. Right. So. so I wonder why. It's too weird. She you so want- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like the Academy has a threshold. They do. Seashells. <laughs> oh, sorry. Why well, I didn't pick up on that? Uh, oh, I'm a little slow. <laughs> it's been a long day. Do the Oscars sort of suck? Like speaking real, they do. They sort of suck. They do. They really do. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like pro- this is probably the most. Um, this is like the snub, you know. It is. Uh-huh. And not the Lynch, even, and the I think the, the fact that is um, that Lynch gets the director nomination, I think, is like salt in the wound, because. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the Academy did watch the movie. You know, this is not like, this is not like a movie that didn't exist. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. This is not like a weird indie movie. This is like, it was in the conversation and it just didn't happen. Yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting how some of the most recognizable uh, directors, especially American directors that have come out of the past, I would argue, like fifty years, were not. Nom- like more not recognized at the Oscars. I mean, the obvious example is Kubrick too. Never gets an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know these people who have become you know, like almost indisputably like incredible American artists, like super influential, just well, didn't show up. And it's I don't know. And yeah, I don't I think mean, David Lynch Hitchcock is making too. another feature film. Yeah, Hitchcock too. Yeah, and oh, I don't think so making another feature, so he'll probably never get. An Oscar, so I mean, he did. Get I mean, the he honorary. has the honorary, um, the honorary. But maybe he'll write something. That'd be so interesting. I wonder. Well, David I mean, he's Lynch. gonna be in the new yeah. Spielberg. Maybe that. He gets a best supporting actor. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I just yeah. I think we should just give it to him for being David Lynch. I mean, that's kind of what the honorary Oscar is, right? Why not give him yeah. another one? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They should just invent a word like Khan did for his weather reports. Best documentary short, David Lynch, <laughs> for his weather reports. Uh-huh. There you go. I got it. Yeah. They you should let me produce right the Oscars. Yeah. I'll buy <laughs> a billboard and a cow. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, in footsteps. Yeah. If they let us host... Um, I don't think any network would let us come on. It'd be like the Golden Globes. We'd have to live tweet it. <laughs> live tweet the Golden Globes. You should have given me that job. I would have made it so fun. Would have like, used fan cams. I guess. <laughs> At least we would have, we, we, I know for a fact that all of us would have made way better selections for like the respective categories than they are this year and in 2001 but yeah <laughs> i feel like weirdly 2001 and 2022 are or 2021 i should say are very similar because everything is just so mid and there are so many better options on the outside that the academy is just ignoring because it's too yeah. out there or it's too it's too ambitious or whatever it doesn't fit in their hegemonic political ideologies i don't know but 
very real kind of a mess. And I think, I mean, even years when stuff is a little bit more interesting, like 2018 movies, mm-hmm. 2019 Oscars, there's some interesting stuff in there. And what fucking wins? I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody gets Best Actor. Right. You know? <laughs> it's Ugh. like Green Book gets Best Picture. It's a joke. It really is. Yeah. Where so Oscar has an existential crisis over the validity <laughs> of the award in the first place. <laughs> Listen, we uh, just like actresses. Yeah. This is just me, so we can talk about our friend Naomi Watts. It's just a vessel, yeah. But I, I actually have a question for you guys. I'm curious. Do you think Naomi Watts is ever going to win an Oscar? <laughs> just like ever. <laughs> I think it's oh possible. Yeah. 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 I, I also think it's possible. It really depends, though. Depends on her agent. Oh my god, her projects recently. She has a new one. <laughs> she, the Ryan Murphy thing. Isn't she doing a thing with Ryan Murphy? Listen. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that could be good for her. Maybe. Can it could make her less like that. I mean, like, I see there is a world because there is a niche that Naomi Watts fills that is, like, appealing to the Oscars. So if she were to get a role, that served her justice. I see a world in which she gets an Oscar, at least another nomination, yeah. if nothing else. It's just a matter of whether or not that role appears. Right. You know? And she's gotten two other Oscar nominations, right? Or is it three? I feel like it's two. two. But I don't know. Yeah, it's two. It's, two, yeah. it's 23 yeah, grams two. and then impossible. Yeah, 21 grams, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or 21. What did I say? 23 <laughs> You're two grams off. My brain's okay. starting to fizzle out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Next time. Here's here's my th- thought process on why the Ryan Murphy show is a good thing, right? Naomi wants past few years, she's been doing boring projects. No offense yeah. to her. They're very run-of-the-mill. You know, like uh, Penguin Bloom, the movie that she just did about like a school shooting, I think. Like very mid-falling-flat projects. You know who's sort of off-putting? Ryan Murphy. You know what... <laughs> You know what tone Naomi Watts really thrives in? Off-putting tones. I think mm-hmm. it's a stepping stone. I think we can get something out of this. I mean, I, honestly, is... I probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, she could use it. I mean, look at Sharon Stone. She's doing interesting projects, like she's doing The Flight Attendant Season 2, and she just did Ratchet. So it could be a career yeah. revitalizer. Yeah. I mean, Nicole Kidman did The Prom last year, and look, now she's in the... <laughs> Now she's in the talks for being nominated for an Oscar. Let's hope. Ryan Murphy sort of, uh, like, like the savior, perhaps. Maybe, maybe he's okay. Sort of the best Oscar predictor. <laughs> that would yeah, be interesting to see. That would be really interesting. <laughs> the correlation between so Ryan Murphy. Analysis. Yeah, but I don't know. We will see. Should we go into our ratings? Yeah. Does anyone have anything else to add? All right. Um, so at the end of each episode, we uh, rate the film that we talked about from one to five. One being this movie deserves to be forgotten to the sands of time. And five being this movie deserves um, to have won many major Oscars. Um, Sophia, since you're our guest, would you like to start with what your rating is sure i am gonna go ahead and say four um i really like the movie so that isn't to say that it's not like i think it's really well crafted undeniably all the performances are great 
But at the end of the day, when I think of 2001, it's not, it's at the, it's near the top of like my favorite movies of that year, but it's not there. Like, like I think it should have gotten a best picture nomination. I think Naomi Watts should have gotten a nomination. Do I think it should have won? Not necessarily. But that being said, I do really like the movie. So yeah, I'm going to go with a four. Millie? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a four as well. But I actually would say that it's one of my favorites. Of, and I just think that it's crazy that it didn't get many, I mean, any more nominations than one. Especially not any wins, considering how I just... I guess, like, how much of a cultural impact it's made. I mean, as Lily said, it's on, like, the top films of the 21st century list. And, um, yeah, I just think it's crazy that it had this little recognition. So, yeah, four. Lily, do you want to go? I sure will. Um, Okay, well, I will be the crazy girl representation of this episode. And, (laughs) I mean, if I could give it higher than a five, I, I would. I mean, to nobody's surprise, this is, like, my favorite movie ever, so I can't really give it anything but a five. <laughs> but I think, to me, I would have liked to see this again in for Best Picture. Um, I don't think it needed to win Best Picture. I think it deserved Best Director and Best Actress. And I think it also deserved... It's sort of been underrated, and we didn't talk about this, but the... Uh, the technical, more technical aspects of this film, like the sound design and the cinematography mm-hmm. are incredible and interesting, you know. So I think that this movie deserved my, like many more nominations and several wins. So I'm going to go with a five. Slay. And Lily, I think I agree with you. I, yeah, I feel like this year... Is like, especially when you look at American films, I feel like this is just the Oscars are just so dour <laughs> compared to what the, all the fun <laughs> stuff that came out this year. And I feel like in the categories that we talked about, um, this could have easily won in my mind over any of the winners of that year. Um, <clears throat> I just think it's like it's really a technical achievement in every way, and it's one of those movies where like everything just works. Um, Everyone's operating on the same and appropriate level. And like I feel like people take that for granted, especially in a in a movie that's so ambitious. And Absolutely. Wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's amazing that yeah. the movie got made at all, considering the production history too. Yeah, like, honestly. So I don't know. It's, it's a crazy day to get me and V agreeing on something publicly <laughs> the power of david <laughs> uh, he unites people yeah he sure does all right let's do recommendations um should i start i feel like you never start with the recommendations yeah why don't i'm going to do that um so at the end of each episode we try to do recommend something a book movie tv show etc that we think thematically ties into the movie that we talked about or a discussion we had in general and I've decided to recommend um, The Incendiaries, which is a novel by R.O. Kwan. And I don't know why I keep recommending these like weird, vaguely political Asian novels. Um, but it's basically about this guy and 
this ex-girlfriend he has, they have this, they have had this weird sort of ambiguous relationship in college. She's joined a North Korean cult and he's basically just trying to track her down. And, um, you have a sort of unreliable narrator and, um, just like, he's really just telling the reader about the, their history, but you can't really tell if that's actually how things went down and what exactly the nature of the relationship was. It's really, really interesting. Um, and it's it's a short novel. It's only 180 pages. But it really deals with, I think, this sort of very self-destructive and self-obsessed um, relationships. And definitely also just, like, trauma, like, violence. It's There's a lot of... There's a lot of interesting threads. It's not, like, a direct parallel to Mulholland Drive. But there's, it deals with a lot of similar things. So yeah, that's The Incendiaries by Aro Kwan. Lily, why don't you go? Let's go in reverse order. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, a film, as I usually do, because I don't read. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, Be Gone, his film A Long Day's Journey Into Night, which is a Chinese film that came out in 2018 and it's um I mean Be Gone is is one of sort of like the new directors that people are comparing a lot to David Lynch and to Andre Tarkovsky and it is um a very surreal but emotional film about a man returning to his hometown to find um like his childhood love and it's sort of like you're not sure what's real or what's memory and what's dream. And yeah, I think if you like Mulholland Drive and if you like David Lynch, you'll probably find something to like in that movie. Yeah. Great. I haven't seen it, but maybe I'll check it out. Maybe. Yeah, it's very fun. I mean, it's it's long. It's long, but it's very good. Millie? Um, yeah, so this isn't related to Mulholland Drive. It's just a general recommendation. Um... But it's a film I watched recently, um, directed by Atom Egoyan. Egoyan. Um, it's called Felicia's Journey. And I don't think anyone else here has seen it. Um, I don't think it's a very popular film, but I just found it really interesting. Um, it's about a girl who travels to um, England to, to find a boy that she was... Uh, kind of dating back in Ireland and um, she gets kind of swept up by this kind of creepy guy. It's really difficult to um, kind of summarise. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's good. I don't know what to say about it. But yeah, I think more people should watch it. It's really interesting. And Sophia? Yeah, um, so I will recommend Ingmar Bergman's 1966 Persona. Um, I'm a firm believer that you should go into this movie blind, um, but I will say three words, ambiguous gay people. I think that that is like a weird way to sum it up. Um, but if you pay attention, there's a lot of parallels, I think, aesthetically, um, just to the way that Bergman and Lynch kind of carry out their films. So yeah, it's great. It was the first Bergman movie I ever watched and I fell in love with it. So Yeah. It's and it's and it's short too. It's it's only it's only like ninety minutes, less than that. I'm pretty sure, but 
Yeah. yeah. It's a great one. That's that's a recommendation directly to V, who has not seen it. And I've been <gasps> telling her what? for oh many months. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to watch it. V, yeah, you got it. You got to watch it. You'll, you'll definitely like it, I hope, I think. <laughs> well, I hate watching good movies, so <laughs> we run into an issue there. Um, <laughs> also, I did want to say Adam McGoyan, sort of my best friend currently. I've seen only one movie, and it was The Sweet Hereafter. <laughs> But I'm going to watch Chloe soon. And I don't think that's going to change my relationship to her. <laughs> um, since we are talking about crazy gay people. Um, but yeah, that's our episode. Sophia, do you want to plug anything? Uh, like my social media? I mean, we usually just plug our letterboxes. I don't know. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, my letterbox is dial S for Sophia. Um just it's just like it's indirect reference to Hitchcock style M for murder, but dial That's us for so Sophia. Fun. Follow me. That's I don't really so I don't really say anything of quality, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, you guys can follow me at I'm V I M V E E. Um, I think I'm going to try and make it my way through Hal Hartley's filmography. I think that's not going to be my next project, but also who knows? Because I never stick to anything. Um. <laughs> Lily and Millie? Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Club Silencio without the U. Uh, Sick Mulholland Drive reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and mine is just uh, Millie, M I L L Y, 95. Yeah, interesting. We should end the episode by saying Silencio. <laughs> <laughs>